Welcome to another episode of Hog in the Mic. I am your host, Tucker Partridge, along with my co-host, Saul Malone. Say hello, Saul Malone. What's up, everybody? We're back after an extended holiday break. The boys are back in town. The boys are indeed back in town, and last time we talked a lot about the beginning of conference play uh, in SEC basketball, but... Uh, we've been uh, putting this one off a little bit because <laughs> that conference play has sort of turned into a little less excitement going on around the state. Yeah, we're not uh, thrilled. Not a wonderful situation, but one that we are happy to guide you through. One uh, that hopefully will have uh, some smarter heads than us like Ben back on the show to discuss in the future. But in the meantime... We have begun conference play, and we are now uh, two and four in conference play to start the year, and it's a little uncomfortable. Uh, We have had back-to-back really bad losses to LSU and Alabama, just not much going on. So, uh, Saul, what in the world is going on? That is a great question, because we we started, you know, we previewed before the new year the the start of... The SEC play and the Hogs got a pretty good win, 97-85, to start off conference play. And then kind of took back-to-back losses at Missouri and Tennessee, which we didn't – isn't necessarily unexpected. I mean, number 12 and number 9. And, we, and you know, Missouri wasn't the prettiest game by any means, but we gave Tennessee all they could handle and only, you know, only lost that game by 5. And you kind of feel good with that game. And then you feel really good going after that Georgia game because the Hogs win by 30, 99-69. You're like, all right, cool. You know, we got this slate of these two tough opponents out of the way. Now we're kind of smooth sailing with some teams that we should be able to beat, uh, especially in LSU. And, and, you know, granted, Alabama's coming off a hot streak before we get to them, but still, you feel it feels winnable. And then, man, we just come into this little three-day run where we lose by a total combined points score, a spread of like over 50, I think. Uh, so just a real kind of collapse um, on the Hawks defensively, unable to shoot the ball with any sort of consistency. It's just terrible field goal percentages. I believe we shot 29% from the field against LSU. Um, just not yeah. great. <laughs> um, missing layups, turning the ball over, just did no defense, and just kind of a – a real, uh, not to say collapse, because it's a little early in the season to say full-on collapse, but man, a real kind of falling short of expectations both from this pod and from other people around the state and around the conference. So, you know, we, you know, luckily we got uh, you know, four days off, and, and but I, I will say here too what's important to kind of notice is like, and we could talk about this a little bit here, but Coach Musselman looks a little defeated, and I've never seen Coach Muss look defeated. Um, he's always kind of got something to say and kind of a silver lining kind of approach. Which I you know normally love, but man, I don't know if you saw his last press conference, but he looks he looks tired. <laughs> he looks tired yeah. of, of getting beat badly. Yeah, it's probably incredibly frustrating. I mean, it's it's incredibly frustrating for us as fans. I'm sure it's incredibly frustrating as a coach uh, to kind of just lay two eggs uh, in back to back games. I really didn't expect to win the Alabama game um, just because they're undefeated to start the conference and they look really good yeah but i definitely expected us to give them a fight likewise lsu i thought was a very winnable game and again if we don't win it's a tough place to play but didn't even really put up a fight in that one so it's it's not you know a case of oh we just missed a couple of baskets got a couple of bad calls and just didn't turn out all right kind of like you would describe maybe the Tennessee game but 
these were just uh, shockingly bad performances yeah. and the kind that have some red flags raised around the state. I think that the fans are a little restless kind of going into this season. Maybe there was too much hype, but there was certainly a good amount of hype and I'm not saying that they can't get it turned around and not saying that, you know, there isn't even a tournament in this fu- in this team's future. I still think there is, but there are definitely questions to be asked about, you know, kind of what's been going on in these last two games because, boy, they were the kind of losses that it's like, okay, this wasn't some fluke deal. Like, right. something is wrong here. Something is wrong. And uh, I think, you know, along with the overhype of the overall team, it feels to me like Arkansas fans going into this season, and I'm guilty of this, so I'm saying Arkansas fans as a collective kind of royal we here. Um, we kind of assumed that Eric Musselman was infallible and that he couldn't make mistakes or <laughs> fail. <laughs> I just like it kind of felt like it's like, oh, you know, because we started off so hot, you know, 10 0, and, you know, playing a great conference schedule to get our first conference win against Auburn. And, you know, we talked about the hype of this team coming into the season. We knew it was big and probably a little much, but. It also feels like we put a lot of, of that squarely on Eric Musselman of being like, oh, this guy doesn't mess up. Like, he's not going to fail at any point. And now that he's failing, we're, we're kind of like, well, you weren't supposed to do that. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> this wasn't in the script. This was not in the script. Uh, yeah. No, it, it it is interesting to me, and we can talk about this a little more later, but just to kind of see the chinks in the armor maybe the kind of weaknesses of this team and to think going into the season well we may fall short on talent but we'll never fall short on coaching and I think that there have been some complaints about the coaching in the past couple of games and I think justifiably so yes. I'm not one to just you know blow sunshine around a coach but I've really had no reason to complain about uh, Eric Musselman's coaching up until this point. And so I think for all of us to kind of feel like we've hedged our bets on Musselman and start to see some worrying signs, you know, it may feel kind of like a, what's going on? What This isn't what was supposed to happen. This yeah. isn't right. Yeah. And maybe that's fair. Maybe it's not. Um, but it certainly has not been the banner start that I think this team was looking for. No, not at all. And I think it's like we said, coming in with all this expectation, you know, um, it just kind of, it just builds on itself. And then, you know, you, you disappoint your own, you disappoint yourself. Uh, you kind of set yourself up for failure that way. And, um, I mean, a good way to look at it is we had Mike Anderson for eight years and everyone was pretty fine with that. Uh, even when <laughs> he was frustrating and stuff that we didn't want him to do. Eric Musselman is his, what, second season? And we're like, yeah, it, he was, you know, what do we expect? He's going to bring the Hogs the trophy the, his second season? I mean, it's a little it's a little unfair. Um, but I, And I understand the knee-jerk reaction because, man, like you said, those these last two losses have been bad. And LSU is not a particularly good basketball team. Um and I mean, Alabama, granted, is is hot, one of the hottest teams in the nation, and I anticipate them finding themselves into the top twenty five at some point here. Um, but still, I, I mean, it's it's hard to feel good about your team when you lose by that many points twice in a row, um, and just see terrible, terrible defense. Um, I mean, there's there's been some bright spots for me personally. I mean, this freshman class has been awesome. I mean, obviously Moses Moody is included in that, but I mean, been it's been fun also watching like Justin Smith. You know, kind of come out of nowhere and be the dunk machine, and 
for Spark, and we obviously missed him in the game he was out. So, I mean, I just, I don't know what is exactly the issue here um, with with Musk specifically that we're, we're looking to, like, fix, for him, for him to fix instantaneously. It's going to, a team that needs work on, on the defensive side of the ball, obviously shooting the ball more consistency, but that's not just something that he can just wave a wand at. There's going to be growing pains and, like, it's a weird season with the pandemic already, and that's not an excuse for him. He's got to get his guys coached up, and he's got to get back to being a coach must because he's kind of lost his spark in these last two losses as well. Right, and I again, it, it's your guess is as good as mine as to you know what the issue is, and I don't like you said. I don't think it's like some magic wand. We just wave this and it's fixed, but. The passing has been strange. Like, I know that they want to operate on a passing up good shots for great shots kind of mentality, but there have been moments where it's like they're just passing because they were told to pass a bunch. And, like, they're not really going anywhere. There's been, I thought, maybe some hangover after the Georgia win because of how dominant of a win that was against who I think is a pretty good team. Yeah. Um, But... You know, for that to carry over into the Alabama game, that feels a little more like than a hangover from a really good win. And then, you know, just some kind of puzzling decisions. And I, again, please take all of this with the caveat that Eric Musselman has forgotten more about basketball than I'll ever know. <laughs> um, this is not, you know, me calling him like an idiot or something, saying he doesn't know what he's doing. He absolutely knows what he's doing. But matching up, Connor Vanover against the six foot six wing and LSU was not great. Uh, <laughs> not really finding a true point guard is not great. Yeah. And those are the, it's, it's just little things that are confusing and it, 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 I'm not sure, you know, if it's a scheme thing, I'm not sure if it's just this team uh, is not as good as we thought it was, or if, there are chemistry issues that we don't know about that are going on behind the scenes, but this does not look like the same basketball team uh, that was starting the year undefeated, that yeah. was playing Tennessee to the buzzer, um, that was beating Georgia even. Um, it just specifically some numbers that kind of come off the top of my head. Uh, the assist numbers in these losses have been awful. Uh, in all of the wins that I would consider like kind of big wins this year, our team has averaged around 25 assists. I'll point to that Georgia game in particular. They had 24 against LSU. They had eight. So (laughs) you're, I understand that when we get into conference play, we're going to be playing better defenses and some guys are going to have to make their own shots, but we're not really helping each other either. Yeah. And I don't know how you feel about this. I really have a hard time criticizing like the effort of a college athlete because my God, Lord knows that their lives are difficult anyway, but they haven't really been playing that hard in the past couple of games either. Yeah. It just has looked like they've been down and not fighting the entire time and getting out physical. Then you wonder if there's a motivation issue. Yeah, and which is that is that's that's a red flag to me if that's the case because Musk doesn't seem like a guy that would have any trouble firing those guys up. Um, he fires me. He up. fires me. Obviously, <laughs> he fires me up. And granted, I'm not a college athlete. I'm just a alumni of the university. At the same time, he still gets me pumped. So 
I, I don't imagine that, you know, doesn't translate to his, his players as well. So that's a little concerning. I think, you know, it's kind of gotten to him. We've seen him kind of lose a little bit of that edge. Um, and I, I, I think that we were talking about earlier that I think is a good way to look about it. Um, or just kind of a thing to kind of give some context here is, the Arkansas women's basketball team is also kind of underperforming, as it were. Um, especially in conference play, I believe they are two and four as well. I believe they're roughly the same as the mid on the mid side. Um, and no one seems to be calling for John, our neighbor's job, or freaking out, or um, you know losing their mind, which is odd given that the Lady Hogs were a highly ranked team last year. Um, played well. Yeah. It. And again, I'm not wanting, you know, we, we, we love the hogs. We're not like trying to jump, like just dump on the hogs while they're down. But I do think it's interesting that you look at the women's side and they were probably as hyped, if not more hyped going into this year. And then you have the huge win against Baylor yeah. to start conference play in albeit a very difficult conference in women's basketball. I mean, my God, South Carolina is a machine. Um, but to start off two and four, every, nobody's saying, is Mike neighbors going to get it done here? Most <laughs> people are pretty happy with the job that he's doing. So yeah. to see the kind of, is Eric Musselman going to get it done here? It feels selective at best and cynical at worst. And I, I, it, I'll just dive into it. Uh, the calls of is must still our guy. It feel like an overreaction to me. It feels like an emotional response to some confusing losses and not really taking in the fact that this is his second season. This is a mostly young roster. I mean, I obviously we have a bunch of transfer guys that are older, but the star the stars of the crop were trans or were freshmen. Yeah. And so they're still pretty young and figuring that out. And also, I mean, we had a stretch last year where Isaiah Joe was hurt and we looked bad and dropped like five in a row. <laughs> yeah. And I still feel like COVID notwithstanding, we would have made the tournament. So to, I don't know, look at two and four in conference play and be like, okay, it's time to can this guy that, that feels ridiculous to me. Yeah, it feels premature at, at best and uh, definitely an overreaction at worst. And, you know, a fan base that is kind of notable for overreactions, to be fair. Uh, that's kind of <laughs> our thing. Um, but this one feels especially hard considering it's the second season and the the fact that the, we were so hyped coming in definitely plays into it. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, we've given, we got a guy a year and a half. And, I mean, even before these two bad losses, my guy guided us to our – like a 10 win zero loss like start of the season that's awesome like regardless if it's not a conference or not to not lose a game in your first 10 games that's you're doing something right um so i mean yeah must is still my guy i think we need to like take a step back and i agree that it's this is just a knee-jerk probably emotional reaction there that's not saying there aren't red flags there are i mean if this is a trend and not a, a you know a if this is the rule and not the exception you know so to say then we got some issues so you know i keep an eye on him for sure but i think uh asking him to you know resign or to go after someone new <laughs> at, at this point of the season it's a little uh, aggressive to, uh, to say the least i mean must is still my guy for now i mean and i have no problem backing him at all i think he's done a lot of great things over the last two years at, at arkansas for basketball and i think he's done a lot of good things this season it's just man 
it's tough to lose the way we lost twice in a row and to kind of get a press conference that doesn't initially seem on his face that it's going to get better soon. He didn't necessarily inspire me uh, that things were going to get fixed. So I think that's one of the red flags that made people are concerned about is like, oh man, is, is Muss out? Like on us already, like, or is he just probably bummed from losing by that many points twice in a row? Right, and I think I mean he loves basketball. The man sleeps, breathes, eats basketball. That's all he does. Everybody talks about him just being obsessed with basketball, and yeah, to lose those two games that badly, I'm sure he is deflated. I'm sure he is disappointed. I'm sure he is struggling with figuring it out. Um, but. I don't know. I, some people took the press conference uh, specifically after the LSU game, but also after the Bama game as kind of like a, he's giving up on the team. And I don't know. I, I understand where people are coming from, but I just don't buy that. Um, yeah. I And I don't buy that because I can see the coaching side of it as well. Um, I'm a really big San Antonio Spurs fan. Uh, lived in San Antonio for uh, some formative years of my life and, love watching their basketball. And one of the things that's always stood out to me is that a couple of times in a game, like if the Spurs are not playing up to their capabilities, Pop will just call a timeout and sit down and say like, I've got nothing. So y'all need to figure this out. And it works. It motivates the players. It's like, okay, we know we're better than this. So get out there and play like it. I almost took the press conference of saying like, we don't know if this will be fixed this year or whatever as kind of like a challenge to the players rather than uh, I don't believe in you. And yeah. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but I would, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a player that thinks that he's given up on them. Yeah, I don't, and I don't, I, that's not the vibe I get. I think, I just get the vibe of, I, man, I'm tired of losing like this and we had to do it twice in a row. Let's, let's get back and figure out what is going wrong so we don't have to do this ever again. Um, you know, it's silly to say that this week is a couple must win games because it's January, but this feels like a week where we should go, we kind of have to go 2 and 0 because we're playing Auburn or playing Ole Miss after Auburn. Ole Miss is at the very bottom of the, league or the conference outside of Vanderbilt I believe and we have handled Auburn before and they are not looking like the best basketball team I've ever seen so or excuse me it's excuse me I'm incorrect there it's Auburn and Vanderbilt and then Ole Miss three very winnable games but Auburn and Vanderbilt are this week um Auburn is you know Auburn and Vanderbilt is literally the lowest ranked team in the SEC you know and then Ole Miss follows them so kind of three winnable games but feel like this week you have to kind of go 2-0 versus Auburn and Vanderbilt to get some sort of momentum to carry you into February which of course is going to lead into March um and that may seem a little dramatic considering where we are in the season and what time of year it is you know but what do you think is this is this a 2-0 week at, at you know Auburn at home and then going to Vanderbilt like do you think that's a must situation or do you think that that's a little egregious i think it is a kind of situation where (laughs) i i don't want to do the cop-out answer but it depends and i think it depends in the sense that auburn's good and now that they have sharif cooper back now that the ncaa has stopped playing their games uh like they look like a different basketball team yeah so this will not be the same auburn that we went to the plains and beat but it'll be at home and Bud Walton, fans or not, is a tough place to play. And it's the kind of game against the kind of opponent. They're very young, and 
I understand that Bruce Pearl is a good coach, issues with the NCAA notwithstanding. Like, this will be a tough game, but it's the kind of game that we need to be winning if we want to be playing in March. And I, I don't think that's dramatic to say. I don't think uh, that it's uh, too much to ask. Uh, this team is capable. I mean, this team has already proven they're capable of beating Auburn. Adding in Sharif Cooper obviously makes a difference, but we will have Justin Smith back, and he was injured pretty much in the first couple of minutes of that Auburn game. So uh, at this point, I, I am kind of viewing those as must-win games. I mean, I, we certainly should beat Vanderbilt, and we certainly should beat Ole Miss. Um, if we're not winning those games, then yeah, I'll be really concerned. But uh, I think the most toss-up, I guess, out of those three is that Auburn game, and that that will be very telling. I mean, you'll see it tonight when you're listening to this podcast. Um, they're they're going to be better than who we played uh, at Auburn, but we should be better too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because the point of college basketball is to get better over the course of the season. Yeah. Uh, and that's what you want. You want that sustained growth to kind of, you know, when you end up getting into the tournament, hopefully, that's when you can start, you know, Cruising off this momentum you've built out throughout the season, you always want to be on that upper trajectory. And right now, that's not uh, in the short term where we are. But long term, I still have a lot of belief in this team. Just the talent is there. We've seen the talent. We've seen you know a thirty point win against Georgia for crying out loud just a couple weeks ago, like within the last week. So the talent is obviously there. The coaching I think is there with Muss. I mean, obviously it was there at the beginning of the season. It was there that Georgia game. It was there at the Tennessee game when we played into the buzzer. It just wasn't there in these last two games. And I feel like for some reason these last two games, because of their egregiousness, which you know is understandable, it's get kind is kind of being used as like the example of the season when it, you can look back at all these other moments of of victory and, and close games and like we, we're never a moral victory podcast but playing Tennessee the buzzers nothing this needs it's that. two losses it's two losses two bad it's just two, two bad losses. losses but it's just two losses out of the whole season and yes unfortunately they're both conference losses and we're not looking great conference play right now but there are a hundred more conference games to go and if we can get it turned around then we're right back there with them right and you know who knows maybe Alabama is that good maybe they cool off as the season goes LSU does have the best recruits money can buy, but I still feel like playing them in Bud Walton will be different than playing them in Baton Rouge. Uh, it There are going to be chances, A, to avenge those losses, and B, to win games from here on out. This is not over. This is not the end of Arkansas basketball under Eric Musselman. That's ridiculous and reactionary, and... I just, you know, barely want to entertain that. But the fact that it's making its way around the discourse, uh, we have to acknowledge that there is a non-zero population that is already kind of throwing up the white flag. And I wanted to gauge your opinion on this because it did make me wonder how much our football situation and the <laughs> turmoil in previous years has affected our tolerance for coaches. Yeah. Because I I can't help but wonder, does Chad Morris being bad at coaching football make us assume that every coach we get is going to have some horrible streak? I mean, I saw, you know, several. Uh, is Eric Musselman just basketball Chad Morris takes? And... I don't think that that's true, but I think it's very funny to think about, um, honestly. Like, I get it, because what if he is just a guy that, like, got people hyped on social media, and then when the time comes, he can't actually deliver? Like, that's pretty funny um, at the end of the day and like, very Arkansas. 
Um, but yeah, I think at the end of the day, people are still kind of got kind of coaching PTSD from Chad because he was so bad. And then, you know, he gave coach speak in press conferences and didn't motivate guys. And you just kind of fear that sort of thing happening again because we've seen that movie and it doesn't end well and it's not fun to just kind of sit with and, and deal with for a year or two. And if you can avoid that, you want to avoid it. So I think the reason people are looking to, you know, bail on Musk is like they're just kind of uh, <laughs> projecting Chad Morris onto him, which I think is unfair, but, <laughs> but I don't think is untrue. Like, I, I do think like that people are doing that. And, oh, I don't think it's fair. I don't think I blame anyone for <laughs> that, like doing that, because if you have a coach as bad as Chad Morris, uh, at football, who's to say it can't happen to the basketball team? And when you lose two games like that, that kind of will color in that idea that you're already starting to have. It's yeah, it is just kind of one of those moments where I just want to grab and hug every Arkansas fan and say, "Breathe, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Say we're okay. We're, we're not. The bad man is not coming back, and Chad he, he will not be anymore. our coach." <laughs> And all well, and also, I mean, that's just not founded in reality. Like Eric Musselman has coached in the NBA, yeah, in two different teams <laughs> yeah. as a head coach. Eric Musselman won at Nevada, yeah. Like Chad did not have that history coming in, yeah. Um, and uh, as I say, you know, Alabama's good. Uh, right now, they are up sixty to thirty-two as we record this against LSU at halftime. And they are shooting 74% from three. So they may be that good. (laughs) Um, So who knows? Maybe we'll look on that as a quality loss later. (laughs) Alabama shouldn't get to have two good programs in one year. You get to to have football. You don't get to have basketball. Like, that's not your thing. You get to have football. Like, let uh, let us have something. (laughs) And I, I guess some Arkansas fans will say we always have baseball, but I really think that we can still have basketball. Yeah. And I really think that Eric Musselman is still the guy to get that done. Um, I will say, like, let's kind of examine a little further. Uh, just through these first couple of games uh, in conference play, yes, we had the two bad losses, but uh, we had a really good game against Georgia and a pretty good game against Tennessee despite the loss. So uh, who has kind of surprised you on this team so far that maybe you weren't expecting to be as much of a factor um, as, as this conference season has opened? Yeah, I've kind of – I think I said it earlier um, as I've been really – and this seems like a cop-out, but it's not. I've been pretty impressed with just this freshman class um, as, right. a, as a whole. I mean – Every one of them has contributed, obviously, you know, Moses Moody being the the biggest name here. But, I mean, Devontae Davis has looked really good in stretches. Jalen Williams has been pretty fun. Um, I mean, overall, just I've really been impressed by um, the freshman class playing here. Um, and then I've also really – I've been a I'm, – I'm a pretty big uh, person uh, in the – like I said earlier, I just really, really like watching Justin Smith play. Um, and, <laughs> and just watching him play this year – I, it feels different than uh, watching him previously. Um, and, you know, just to see him jump out of the gym and be kind of this a spark at times to kind of kind of light light up the offense. Even if we're losing poorly, he'll still play outside of his mind or, or do something really cool with the basketball in his hands. And I think that, that's that's worth something when when you're a team that's down like the Hogs are to just get some. Even if you can't, you know, come back and win this early, you're still competing. And I think Justin Smith has been competing all year. He, you know, even when he was out, he was. His presence was missed. It's kind of like the same sort of thing um, as the football team uh, when they were, you know, missing uh, 
they're missing Jalen Catalan. He just kind of brings something to the the, the team, and I, I think that's been something that I've been able to notice uh, this season. Yeah, I I mean, obviously have to agree. Uh, all of those guys have impressed. I knew, I guess, that Moses Moody was going to be a stud coming in, but just seeing him dominate the way that he has and being kind of the one bright spot in those bad losses, like, uh, I don't know that I'd be shocked if he was taken in, like, the first 20 picks of this year's NBA draft. Like, he is very NBA caliber, it feels like. And I I would hate to see us kind of waste uh, talent like that, and I don't think we're going to. Um, But it definitely, we need to turn around uh, the trend because... He, he is playing well enough to justify an appearance in March, and I will be disappointed if we don't. Um, yeah. As to, like, s- surprises maybe in another way, I've been, and this is, again, like, we love the Hogs. This is just, you know, a little concern that we need to address, I guess. Uh, I want to see, as the season goes on, Connor Vanover find his yeah. flow again. Because yeah. at the beginning of the year, uh, he looked unplayable in the sense that how the heck do you cover a seven foot three guy who can pull up from anywhere on the court and recently he's kind of looked unplayable in the sense of man he gets burned on defense all the time and his shots just not falling i understand these guys go through stretches like that and it's obviously a very grueling sec season um but i would really like to see him get it turned around and Kind of figure out what's going on with that shot because it looked incredible uh, early on in the year, but man, it hasn't been there in recent games. Yeah, and he's played. I, I'm looking. He's been played. Th- he's played 13 minutes over the last three games. He played three minutes at Georgia, eight minutes at LSU, and two minutes versus Alabama. So uh, obviously, must not loving what he's getting from Connor. I'm not missing that. He's not injured, is he? I'm not missing that. No. I? Uh, okay, I didn't think so. Um, yeah, not, no, nothing that we've seen, obviously, but yeah, something going on with Connor, and especially disappointing considering how ex- the kind of the story of coming into the this season was. Hey, we get Connor Vanover back this season, and he started off looking like what we thought he would look like with a also an additional tool of being able to post up a three every once in a while. And now he just has looked like a defensive liability who can't find his shot. And if you have to be one of those two things, you shouldn't be the other. If you can't find your shot, you should be good on defense. If you're good. If you uh, can't, can't play defense, you should be able to have your shot go in, and, and he's got neither right now, and that is a dangerous, uh, in a bad way, combo for Connor to have. I also want to see, and I don't know that this, I, again, I don't want to feel like we're piling on to anybody, um, so let's just make that clear. Um, but I, we need, at least in the next couple of weeks, if this offense is going to be kind of stalling the way it is, Somebody needs to step up and be like the true point guard, like to create plays that aren't there. And I don't know who that is. Jalen Tate obviously is leading us in assists. So maybe that's the guy that Musk wants it to be. Um, But I'm looking to like a leader like Desi Sills or someone like somebody's going to have to, I guess, be the playmaker. But when these, you know, shots aren't falling, when these layups aren't falling, we need somebody to be the kind of guy that's going to distribute the basketball and set guys up to be in positions to score because thus far uh, through these, at least these two games, uh, we just haven't had one. And it is disappointing to 
see the kind of, you know, I, I love a pass-heavy basketball offense, um, but when those passes aren't going anywhere, it is really hard to watch. <laughs> and yeah. I understand the frustration uh, with Arkansas fans in regarding, like, the entertainment value of uh, our team in the last couple of games because i guess you know at the end of the day that is what it is it's entertainment and this yeah. has not been entertaining at all and i think that's the other thing too is on top of you know wanting a point guard for you know passing and all that stuff like point guard is i mean they call it the floor general for a reason you need someone to kind of direct traffic direct things out on the floor because must can't do it from the sideline as you know as good as someone that's on the floor can and i think we've been kind of lacking the not necessarily leadership i've seen leadership from from guys on the floor but just kind of a guy to operate around um and i'm not i don't need to we don't need to play like rockets iso ball that they used to play with james harden or anything like that but we need a guy that can kind of run the floor tell guys where to go and and either set guys up for success or, or, you know, get to the basket themselves. I'm not saying that we don't haven't had guys do that in stretches, but we haven't had a, a guy like Desi Stills or Jalen Tate step up and be like, this is going to be who I'm going to be for their season. And some of that's on Muss uh, and the way he's playing basketball and the way he's drawing up these stuff for, his, for the Hawks to play. But they got to get on the same page with that. I agree. It's just that you need a guy to kind of just, you know, run the point. And, and, it's, and it's most literal sense of being the point person on the floor. It really, uh, it it does speak to the fact that as modern as basketball gets, um, where I think we're almost like heading towards a direction of having like five, six foot seven wings instead of, you know, a point guard, a shooting guard, a small forward, a power forward and a center. You still need that distributor on your team. You still need someone who can make a play for other people uh, on the team. And if that means, I guess, that... Maybe you don't get 10 points in a game, but you get eight assists or something. I think that maybe that's the value that we need generated right now because uh, our offense just does not look coherent or ready to go right now. And uh, it, I, I, like I said, I understand why Arkansas fans are seeing like offensive stagnation and wondering about Chad Morris, but let's give Mus some time to tweak and I, I, I trust him imminently more to put something back together uh, than I did uh, Sam Pittman's predecessor. I do think uh, before we sign off of uh, the basketball talk that there is at least a very uh, funny thing happening in SEC football that we need to uh, discuss, and that is the situation at Knoxville at Old Tennessee. Uh, I don't know how much you've been keeping up with that situation, but uh, some of the reports coming out today regarding them paying recruits by placing money into Happy Meals has been among the funniest content that I've consumed in 2021. That's that's cool as hell. <laughs> that, like, that, is so, that kicks ass. Are you kidding me? Just a recruit comes to visit, and you're like, "Hey, here is your happy meal," and it just because I mean, this is a whole different episode and a whole different podcast, probably. But both of us are pretty pro. Let's play. Let's pay our guys that are playing sports in college, our guys and girls that are paying sports in college, because uh, they generate so much revenue and all that good stuff. And you know, we all have to pretend like we're outraged when this happens, but. We all know it's going to happen because that's how you get the best players is you incentivize them to come to your school with money and to give them to it, to give it to them in a, in a Happy Meal bag or a McDonald's bag. Cool as hell. Good cool, job, Tennessee. Dude. Very <laughs> sick. 
Unfortunately, I mean, obviously, Jeremy Pruitt his job uh, cost Jeremy Pruitt his job, as well as as well as AD Phil Fulmer, which who is just coincidentally planning on retiring around the same time as this sure. went down. So worked out real well for full for worked out real well for Phil. He gets to uh, kind of coast off and leave the uh, hiring of the next football <laughs> coach to the next AD, just like he drew it up. Um, and as we all some- know, as Arkansas fans, <laughs> having an AD and a coach being hired at the same time is always a recipe for success. Really goes well most of the time. Uh, but yeah, it's it's been fun to watch that happen. I Jeremy Pruitt was a bad coach, um, so if you're if you're a Tennessee fan, you got to feel like fine about. This he was he was not good. I mean, I think the only person that had like a there was like two coaches uh, that had worse uh, <laughs> records than him uh, going into their season. So I mean, it's it was him and Derek Dooley. I think vying for worst Tennessee coach and some other guy from like nineteen thirty. If you're in that company, <laughs> tough. If you're in Derek Dooley's company as a head coach, you got to feel pretty pretty bad. So, I mean, it, if you're, I mean, obviously some sanctions are going to come down and it's not going to be fun to be a Tennessee football player fan for maybe a, a couple of years, but eventually they'll get, you know, they'll get off the sanctions and whatnot. But it's not like, I, I think it's funny as, as hell that they were giving them to him in, <laughs> um, in McDonald's bags. And at the end of the day, you, you lose Jeremy, I mean, you lose Jeremy Pruitt, who is a terrible coach, and open yourself up for someone that wants to come, you know, maybe take the Tennessee job. I, some of the coaching odds I see are very funny. Uh, I think one of my favorite ones was Lane Kiffin at 8-1, to one, which is insane. Lane Kiffin already <laughs> had a job at Tennessee one time already. It did not end well. Um, you leaving know, Tennessee so at, after one year to go to USC and now leaving <laughs> Ole Miss after one year to go to Tennessee. It's all full circle. full circle, baby. You love to see the story come around like that. Um, yeah, it, it's been fun to keep up with. I know Hugh Freeze is itching to get back into a Power 5 school and – Tennessee and hiring like him after having numerous recruiting violations would just be a fantastic look. It would be the most SEC thing I could think of. Um, so <laughs> I'm really hoping that happens. But yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see what where they go on Rocky Top. Um, and then one other small thing today, uh, and we'll we'll get into this a little bit later coming up here um, in the future. But Arkansas put out their baseball schedule today. Yes, um, sir. Diamond Hogs are. Getting ready to get back in action here pretty soon into February. Uh, baseball season will kick off. 33 games as of now scheduled at the Homestead at Bomb, uh, Bomb Stadium. So uh, really, really looking uh, forward to getting Bomb Walker packed again. And uh, at some point, hopefully this season, at the, the, the Hawks can at least play and then maybe get some guys uh, and gals back in, this, in the stadium if things are all good, set and done come maybe March or April, May. Who knows? But... At the very least, it looks like there will be an Arkansas baseball season as of right now, and looking forward to previewing that. We both love the Hogs baseball team. Um, probably my favorite sport outside of the football team. Uh, love the basketball team. No shame there, but I'm a huge uh, Omaha Hogs guy, so really looking forward to see what the guys bring to the Diamond this season. So, just a little taste of that came out today. Obviously, I got a, you know obviously a good month or so before. We get back into playing games and that sort of stuff, but baseball is right around the corner. And just you know, a little nice little reminder today from the Diamond Hogs. Always looking forward to Arkansas baseball, uh, looking forward to what should be a pretty darn good year. Uh, I hate to follow up basketball hype that may have been misplaced with baseball hype that may be misplaced, but we should have uh, Arkansas way, baby. Yeah, I was going to say, we got to set those expectations high. Uh, So uh, I don't think I I feel like baseball burns you the least uh, in that situation, but uh, we'll see. Uh, But 
Hog fans, it's okay. Breathe. Chad Morris is gone. The bad man cannot come back. Uh, <laughs> he he will not be coaching basketball either. Uh, let's <laughs> let's let's give him some time. Let's give him some time to turn it around. There are obviously red flags. I'm not minimizing that at all. Uh, but two games, just two games yep. uh, that looked really bad. And who knows? Maybe we'll all be laughing about it in March. I agree. That's yeah. all two we've games. got. Uh, if Saul, do you have anything to plug? Yeah, that's it, man. Just two games this week. Let's finish those two. Let's go two and zero this week. Get back to four and four in conference play. Kind of catch our breath and uh, nothing to plug. Just take a deep breath. I know that everything all the time is bad and crazy, but there's no need to <laughs> worry yourself about a men's basketball team after two losses. Let's take a breath. I feel good with Muss. I hopefully I don't have to eat my words later this season, but I feel I still feel confident in the ability of this team and the coaching abilities of Eric Musselman. So I agree with Tucker. Let's just all take a deep breath and. Let's see what happens come March. Folks, this has been Hog in the Mic. Uh, go Hogs. Whoop egg. <laughs> <laughs>